Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Aaron Novello podcast. I have with me a wonderful human being. Uh, She hails... Uh, from Virginia and Virginia Beach. She's a powerful, dynamic uh, salesperson who does hundreds of transactions a year. Uh, Mrs. Anna Padahubich, thank you kindly uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, spend some time with us today. I appreciate it greatly. Hey, I'm honored to be here. I, I certainly appreciate you asking me and I'm really excited to to get this started. That's awesome. So you know, again, when I think about you, uh, I've had the good fortune of working with you in a coaching capacity for almost a year now. And when I think about you, I think about this like just uh, powerful, powerful salesperson uh, with this amazing kind of um, work ethic and uh, kind of intention, right, to serve and to help other people. Now, I'm imagining at the beginning of your journey that I'm not entirely convinced that that's who you were at that point. So I think what would be helpful or useful, you know, to those who are listening is to perhaps hear your story, right? Like how, how it was at the beginning uh, when you first got started into real estate. Oh yeah. Great question. So yeah, I, I, um, I started in real estate um, sort of innocuously. It, 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 I had been with a fortune 300 company and, and, uh, um, traveling all over the world and, and was married and decided that my husband and I at the time had decided that I needed to take a step down and stay home. So we got to know each other. Um, he's not around anymore, FYI, (laughs) but, um, you know, we, we, this whole idea of taking a step down and starting real estate happened 14 years ago. And I'm here now and you're right. It, it, it started at, at, point A and, and now it's all the way over here. So, uh, there's been a long time in between and it's been a really great journey. That's awesome. So, and I'm wondering like, uh, for you personally, cause it sounds like you came, which I didn't actually know until you just shared that, that you came from a corporate background. So because of that, you were used to kind of a, uh, very, I'm imagining anyway, like an intense kind of schedule and intense pace. I'm also aware that that's kind of who you are as a human, because I've gotten to know you very well. So what was your experience kind of transitioning into the business of selling real estate? Yeah, that's a a great question. So yeah, it was, so coming from a fortune 500 background where, you know, you've got, um, you know, you've got stockholders wanting to know what's going on and, and um, how you're going to provide value. Because really, at the end of the day, that was what every, you know, every boss I ever had wanted to know about. Um, it transitioned well into to, to real estate because um, I don't have, and I, I don't have um, stockholders now, but I have folks that have, that have made their biggest purchase in you know, in their lifetimes, they're, they're trusting me with that now. So that, you know, that's a, it, it transitioned well because I, I came from one to the other, but the great news is 
I'm my boss now. <laughs> I don't have to talk to anybody else about um, how I spend my time. And the, the better part of that is um, I feel like my time is now well spent because in the past I was on you know, conference calls and I was having to account for my actions all the time. And I don't have to do conference calls now. I, I certainly have to talk to all of my clients all the time, but it, it's not all of my actions are well spent now versus having to sort of CYA in the past, if that makes sense. It makes total sense to me. And I wrote down a few things here, which is very interesting is I'm imagining that that background, uh, that intense kind of focus on outcomes and having to be accountable for those outcomes on a regular basis actually was a competitive advantage because I'm aware in our kind of industry as a whole, uh, because we're independent contractors, typically that is not the type of environment that agents have. So because you had that up front, you came into this with kind of the mindset and um, kind of background of being outcome oriented and intensely focused on those outcomes. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And what a great parallel to make. Yeah. So, and then I'm wondering, so, so you had that, right? You had this kind of uh, intense focus on outcomes, recognizing that you know, you needed to be held accountable for producing those outcomes. And now you're no longer accountable to perhaps maybe like a, a boss or a CEO or shareholders. Instead, you're accountable to yourself and your clients. So you had that, which I think is a distinct competitive advantage. And then what kind of pieces of the puzzle do you think were critically important to helping you to kind of scale up, right? And go from being like somebody who was you know, again, politely aggressive and uh, really wanted to produce at a high level to somebody who actually does? Oh, oh, great question. So I think two things, and, and obviously this has been a journey. It wasn't something that happened overnight, but, you know, having to be accountable for a certain, you know, making a, a certain amount of money for investors transitioned easily into getting into real estate because obviously now I'm in charge of my own paycheck. And so, you know, in addition to the fact that I have to pay my mortgage and all of the, those things from selling real estate, I also understand about how to work from nine to five and do the things that have to happen to make all of that, make all of these realities come true. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And then as far as, um, kind of you beginning to like get into the nitty gritty of selling real estate? Like was your experience right out of the gate that you just started to do deals or was it something that you kind of, you know, failed forward, so to speak, like kind of <laughs> tried some things, they didn't work and then began to kind of drift in a direction of someone who perhaps they could give you some more information that's accurate. And then you were able to produce the outcomes. Um, so I didn't really have a choice. Uh, I, when I started real estate, you know, I had to make a paycheck. I had to pay the mortgage and do the car payment, all those things. So um, my experience was from the minute I started that I had to start good and strong uh, because, you know, not having a paycheck versus making, not making a paycheck wasn't an option for me. So we had to start strong. It wasn't a choice for me. I see. And then when you started, were you working with both kind of sellers and buyers or like, were you working with rentals? Like what was kind of that mix at the beginning? 
Oh, yeah. So I've never really done the rental thing. Um, I've always worked with buyers and sellers. That's That's been our thing. We probably are going to, at some point this year, work with, with rentals, but at this point, it's just buyers and sellers. Okay. So just buyers and sellers. That's awesome. And so you came into this, right, with intention. It sounds like the other thing I wrote down is that it wasn't really an option. It sounds like perhaps based <laughs> on some personal circumstances, we had to begin to generate income, which I think is a competitive advantage in a way. You know, for some people who um, they don't have to, because perhaps maybe somebody in their household or whatever uh, is an additional income earner or supports their household based on their income alone, that lack of urgency actually is a disadvantage versus an advantage. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah. And there's so much more, I think, about that. Like, you have to learn how to communicate with people and you have to learn how to um, at, on, and communicate on their level. So, you know, there's so much stuff that comes at you in terms r- with regard to real estate. We have so many different things, you know, a deal falls through. We have all these contingency things that, you know, all these milestones that we have to meet. And as we're meeting those, you know, stuff comes out of left field. And we, we as real estate agents have to learn how to be able to communicate that in an effective manner. And I think that's, something that is uber important in our industry in general. And I don't know that I've always been as good at it as I'm learning to. And I, I, obviously we learn every day, but it's so important to learn how to communicate with people in the right way. So they, first of all, so they understand and in a way and on the level that they understand, I don't know if I'm making sense when I say that, but it, you know, that we have so many things that come at us from every different direction in our, in our um, industry, you know, whether it's a lender, whether it's a home inspection, whether it's so many things, and we have to learn how to be able to communicate all of that stuff effectively with our clients. So they understand and we can help them to move forward to the next step. Yeah, it makes sense. So, you know, one of the things I talk about when I do these talks in front of companies is that uh, I call them the four noble truths. And one of them is that the money's not in the service, it's in the selling of the service. Right. So it doesn't mean we don't give people good service, but it just means that uh, our ability to be able to generate income is not per se in the service that we provide. It's really in our ability to be able to sell the service. And what I'm taking out of what you're saying here is that, you know, you're talking about communication and um, essentially, you know, what I've learned, and it sounds like you have as well, is that's a skill. It's no different than like learning how to play the violin. It's no different than becoming a physician or getting a PhD in a particular topic. So I guess I'm curious for you personally, like what have you done over time to intentionally and purposefully work on that skill? Because I'm aware, because again, I've gotten to know you very well. You know, you're uh, a powerful person. And uh, I'm imagining that your tendency in the past was perhaps just to kind of, you know, like tell people stuff. And learning that like, okay, well, if I tell them, they'll debate with me. However, if I ask questions and then I can get them to kind of tell me, then they're never going to argue with their own information. So I guess for you personally, like what has that been like? Like what has been the patience required for you to do that? Because I'm aware that that's not your natural disposition. And, uh, you know, what have you worked on skill? Like how have you been intentional around that skill of communication? Well, I'll 100% tell you part of the answer to that question is is coaching with you because it's helped me to take a moment and step back and and have a breath while I'm explaining things. A lot of stuff, and especially right now, isn't so exciting to have to relay to a, a buyer or a seller. And so, you know, 
having a moment to think about how I'm going to relay this information, then as I'm relaying it, to relay it in a meaningful way to that person has been helpful. Three times today alone, I've had to deliver some really unexciting news. And, you know, three times today, it's been a different way that I've been delivering it so that the, the people that I'm delivering the information to understood it and then gave them a minute to sort of internalize it. And then they had a chance in a meaningful way to make a response so that we could go back to the other side. And, and, and so that the, whether we lose the deal or whether we save the deal, having, being able to have this, this meaningful conversation so that they, they can internalize what's going on and figure out how they, what the best way for them is to move forward. Yeah. That's That's important. Yeah. So I'm taking a a few things from you, like, uh, as you're sharing that is like one, uh, as you're describing it, one of the skills of that ability to be able to communicate is to make the focus on them, not on you. Right. Absolutely. Right. And you know, the tendency in the past, particularly for agents that are newer or depending on where they are in their journey is, you know, a byproduct of insecurity is to want to talk about yourself. And also, if I'm not generating on a regular basis, and I don't have a lot of things in the pipeline, I can be overly attached to outcomes. Right. So then that inhibits my ability to be able to really, uh, you know, deliver that information in such a way that it's focused on them, right? Because it's kind of um, tainted by my own personal kind of uh, desires, right? So one is focusing on them. And then two, I'm also hearing you say things like, you know, being conscious and aware of who you're speaking to, right? Because I know like when in our coaching relationship, uh, I learned very quickly that there's a particular way that I can challenge you. And when I challenge you, Anna sits up like immediately. <laughs> and, when, and when that happens, it's like, bro, you better step back because like it's going to come 100%. So, but I know that with other people that perhaps I coach and work with, like that's the way that Al, the, the way that Anna like responds to that particular challenge, it might not work with other people. So like, how do you go about distinguishing that when you're having communication with people, when you're talking to them, like, okay, this is somebody who perceives it this way or this, like I have to deal with them or say this thing to them because it's who they are as a person and they'll receive it better. I think part of it, I think all of it is, is listening to them. It's about what they have going on. And, you know, when I'm delivering my message, I'm trying to deliver it slowly and efficiently so that they can um, bring it in and then ask questions. Like, I hope I'm making sense. Or do you have questions about this? Or is there something I can do? to help you understand the situation better, whatever happened, whatever the situation is, just ask questions and be present in the conversation. And these things seem so simple, but they really aren't simple. It's, it's a, you know, these, this is the biggest transaction most people make in their lifetime. And when something comes out of the blue and, and a, a situation comes out. So say for instance, you know, the, the VA just required the, um, the, this credit score to go up to 680. I have a situation where the buyers were at 640 and this came up in the middle of the transaction. Really, really painful. Yeah. And the sellers, while they want to sell their house, they're also buying a house. So every, you know, this is a domino effect. So being able to have these kind conversations where we're, and they're frustrated. I get it. 
at the end of the day, I can't give them any information right this second because we have to wait for the bank, but allowing them to be able to vent for a few minutes and just listening to them, just listening to them is so valuable. And, you know, we'll have an answer on Monday and, and which is great, but not now we don't have the answer now. So being able to listen to these, to them being frustrated and venting all of this stuff out helps me to, you know, on Monday, whatever happens, I know how to respond to them. Yeah, that's awesome. And having the courage, as you mentioned, to deliver that news, right? <laughs> and to be the calming force. <laughs> You're right. Just... It, it is having courage because it's not fun to have these conversations. No one likes this. It's great when you get an offer. Awesome. But stuff comes out out of the left field that you got to deal with. Yeah. And I'm aware that at least my tendency in the past prior to kind of, um, you know, working on that skill purposefully and intentionally, you know, you kind of would avoid those kind of conversations. I know I would anyway, you push it off for like a day or like, ah, like I'll talk to him a little bit. And my experience is, is that doesn't serve them and it doesn't serve you because I sit with it and it sits inside of me. And while I'm sitting around hanging out with my wife or my kids, like I'm thinking in my head, like, oh gosh, I gotta have this come versus as soon as it comes up, right? Uh, I acknowledge it. I look at it neutrally, right? Without emotion. And then I convey it without emotion and give people options and say, here, you know, here's what's going on. And I think in doing so people, they respect that because they know that it's not, you know, it's not fun, but that's what they're hiring you to do. Right. And it's happening. (laughs) We don't have a way out of that. Yeah, it's just like addressing it. You know, I've been, you know, with uh, not only with you, but with other coaching clients, it's like, look, you know, with everything that's going on, because as we're shooting this, we're shooting this through the uh, whole virus situation. And, you know, it's like, hey, deals are going to fall apart. Like, just going to happen. We're going to do our best to try to, you know, prevent that from happening. But it will because it's a fluid dynamic. Things are changing rapidly. And like you said, lending requirements are changing rapidly. So it's our job as the leader, which in the transaction, we're we're leading, right? And during kind of uncertainty or a crisis, if you will, you know, really good leadership, they communicate frequently and frankly. They don't like high, they don't like wave, like they just, here's what it is. And um, they also, you know, keep themselves up to date enough so they can provide guidance that serves, you know, their clients and helps them to make decisions that ultimately gets the outcomes that they want. So that's awesome. Now, the other thing I wrote down here that I want to talk to you about is when we first started kind of working together, I know that you were firmly rooted in the uh, kind of physical world. And uh, you're very much so, you know, kind of uh, just like me, you know, pounding out prospecting, prospect three, four hours a day. You still do that on a regular basis. But all of your efforts were primarily rooted in the physical world. And I remember one of the first conversations we had was this idea that we now exist in two worlds. One is the physical world. The other is the digital world. And prior to that, you were kind of there, but really didn't have the presence. And I remember I Googled you and I was like, Anna, like you're one of the top agents in the country. And based on what I'm seeing online, like I can't tell you look like everybody else. And then you, again, I challenged you and you sat up (laughs) and the goddess came out and then whammo, you took like this massive action. So talk to me about like, I guess perhaps why up until that point, you hadn't even thought about kind of the digital world. And then what steps you took and then what results you've already received based on those steps that you took. 
Yeah, so you're right. I, I wasn't, um, I, I didn't have a big online presence. And since then, and especially right now, we're doing a lot of stuff just like this. We're interviewing people on Zoom, uh, you know, to update them on what's going on in the world with regard to real estate. We're also getting ready to start a program, um, Why We Love Hampton Roads, where we're going to go around and interview local businesses and, and find out, like, for instance, you know, what restaurants are doing, you know, if you, what specials they have, what we can, how we can help support these local businesses all around Hampton Roads. Because it's important, not only for people to see me online, but especially right now, while we have the ability to do this is to help local folks get out there in the right way, because not everyone has the experience that we do. So, um, you know, you've, you've helped me see the light about getting there and, and being out there online in a meaningful way. And so um, we're going to take the time every day from now on to go interview a local business, whether it's about real estate and, and part of it will be about real estate or whether it's about helping to promote other folks, you know, local businesses. We want to get out there and do things in a really kind way to uh, educate and to help. That's awesome. So becoming like this, like digital mayor and I'm aware, and here's, what's really cool. The fact that we're on this zoom right now, like, you know, people don't recognize. I remember when we first started talking about this and again, you're such a powerful person that when I started to talk to you about like getting in front of a camera, you like, you resisted me hard. You're like, ah, I'll get around to it. And I'm like, yo, who is that? Like, that's not the end I know. Like what, what's going on here? So I guess like now you do it and it's no big deal. I see you posting all the time. So Talk about like, because I feel like that's a hindrance for a lot of people. You know, I'm aware that now more than ever, even prior to this whole situation unfolding with regards to the virus, we have been trained as consumers, right, uh, of products and services to consult the internet prior to talking to somebody. And, you know, it only makes logical sense that I recognize that and then begin to reverse engineer it, make it easy for people to find me when they're online, right? So, but I'm also aware that one of the uh, barriers to entry is one, people say like, oh, it's super techie. Like I'm not a techie person, right? They use that excuse. Or two, they kind of get in their head uh, about like, you know, how they're going to be perceived, you know, like how I look or like whatever. So talk about like that initial, you know, kind of a eh, little resistance and then what helps <laughs> you just to kind of break through that resistance. And now like, I remember I texted you the other day. I'm like, man, I unleashed a beast. I see you like posing all the time. <laughs> yeah. So all, all of that is true. You're right. I, I was worried about how I was going to look. I was worried about what people were going to say. Um, I have a super awesome assistant, my daughter, um, who really helped me, helped make it easy for me. So I was worried about, you know, people, you know, in our, in our business, like headshots and you have to look good and all this stuff. Well, I realized, Hey, I have a message and people need to hear it. It's not, and obviously it's not about me, but I, I, I want to be able to inform folks about what's going on, how things are working, whether, you know, right now they need to know what, what's going on in our real estate market in the future. They're going to need to know, you know, whatever it is they're going to need to know. But right now it's my job to help people understand what's going on. So every morning, part of my, my daily thing, and you're right, it, it wasn't, <laughs> but it is now. We, it, I had to get used to it and we've gotten used to it clearly. Um, every morning, part of my thing is, you know, you get up, you shower, you work out, 
you shoot a video and then you go to work. So we do that every day. And um, now every day it's going to be, you, you get up, you work out, or you get up, you shower, you work out, you shoot a video. And then we do a zoom video with somebody live in our market that needs to promote their business. So it was hard. Um, but once I got over that hurdle and I, it's hard to even say what, what that hurdle was, cause it wasn't really, um, anything really definable. It was just different. It wasn't something that I'd done before. And, um, you know, once I started doing it, it wasn't hard. It, it was actually kind of fun. And it was something that my daughter and I could do together. And it was even funner then. Right. So, um, you know, now we do it every day and we don't even talk about it. Like if I'm five minutes late, Katie's like, what are you doing? When are we doing this? <laughs> so we go do it. That is so cool. And yeah. And as I'm listening to you and watching you too, which is pretty cool to have the capacity to do that. Like I see now how you, as you kind of light up, even just talking about it as it's a way for you to, you know, kind of connect with your daughter because you guys do that together, but also it's a way to kind of serve. And you know, what you shared there, I think, and I appreciate your authenticity because people will get value from that is that the barrier was really psychological. It was. It was not something tangible. It wasn't like, you know, you didn't lack for a camera or like resources and everybody has a phone so they can do it. <laughs> no, I had all that. You had all of it. It was just it was just in our head. And it's always the psychology of the owner that kind of hinders or holds back. And it's true for me too. Like it holds back a business, right? It's the way that we're thinking about something. But then once you broke through that, Again, then it's no issue. Now you do it all the time. And I'm imagining you're getting much better at it. Like you're, you're probably like, you know, you can take, do it in one take, you know, you just kind of turn it on and go because you just got into the rhythm of doing it. And in doing so I'm aware, you know, I like to think about, I, I think about things in kind of terms of probabilities, not exact. So it's like, all right, well, what's the probability that people will stop going online moving forward? So not. So what's the first thing most people do every day? They get off a look on they look on Facebook or or Instagram or whatever it is they look at. That's the first thing they do. My husband, the first thing he does. Where he gets his news, like the conversations we have come off of Facebook. That's exactly right. So and I think a lot of people they 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 misconstrue that because I think some people imagine they're like, oh, you know, Aaron's just about like you know, like being in the digital world, it's like, no, dude, like I haven't missed a day of prospecting in 11 years. Like that's not something that we're ever going to stop doing. Like I understand that it's the the most profitable, duplicatable, um, lowest cost of acquisition channel for a client that I can utilize. So I'm always going to do that. It also makes logical, right? Sense that if more and more people are going online to figure out a plan to uh, make it easy for people to find me. And what I find very interesting is all the things that you've been implementing have either been free or super inexpensive, correct? Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, why would, why would you not do it? Funnily enough, <laughs> this came from you also. It's my job. That's exactly right. It's your job, right? So I feel like, you know, I had a buddy of mine as a, uh, and you've done a wonderful job of this through all of this is um, he's an ER doctor. And I've known him since I'm six, right? So I sent him a quick text message. I was like, hey man, you know, I because I see him on social and I see what he's doing. And I'm like, I appreciate you kind of, you know, being in the line of fire, so to speak, and like helping people out. You know what he said to me? What? He was like, uh, you know what? Uh, well, thank you. At the same time, like if if you sign up to be a firefighter, don't run away when there's a fire. And I was like, hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So like, I know that there's people out in our marketplace right now that need our help. 
you know, they have to, there's some sort of life event, something happened, you know, that is causing them to figure out a solution for their housing. And if you have the capacity, if you have that particular skill set, to not use it is selfish. Agreed. <laughs> right? So, Agreed. so you've done an awesome job of that. So I appreciate you for that. Now, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is that I find that a lot of agents, particularly the ones that um, are like successful, right? That do good business. I'm aware that the focus is almost primarily on offense. So the focus is always on strategic kind of like, how can I grow? How can I expand? How can I do more deals? And what I find very interesting is that the exception, uh, not the rule, unfortunately, is that, you know, they is someone who does play defense, right? And defense primarily from a financial perspective, right? So oftentimes what agents will do is they'll, you know, kind of have these goals and aspirations and dream boards that are filled with material possessions, which are cool. There's nothing wrong with that. I like nice things too. At the same time, there's not a lot of thought behind like, you know, the way that that Fortune 300 company runs their business, which is that there has to be certain expenses, there has to be certain uh, kind of cash reserves, right? So talk to us a little bit about that and, and your experience with that. Yeah, so um, no matter what, if, if, I, if I can't pay my bills, I can't do my job. So um, a portion of every single one of the checks that I get has to go into my savings account. A portion of every single check, because I'm an independent contractor, has to go pay the IRS. So we have a plan set up so that we have the ability to do all of those things. And if we can't do those things, I can't help anybody. I can't do anything for anybody. So the bottom line is get your financial house in order or you're done. There, there's nothing you can, I mean, or, or you can't be a real estate agent anymore. You have to go do, you have to go do something else because you need somebody to pay the IRS or you need somebody to pull the money out of your check to get pay the IRS. You got to do the things that have to happen in order to be able to, um, you know, to do your job. And that's part of your job. It's not even a conversation. It's part of your job. Be responsible with your money. Yeah. So I wrote down like, um, what I'm sensing from that is like, it's, it's kind of my duty because my shareholders, like, so when you were in a previous job, you know, like, uh, in a fortune 300 company, there were shareholders who were investors. Yeah. And I would propose the shareholders now are you, your husband, your children, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the people that are in your life, they're your shareholders. So for me to be and my clients, really, at the end of the clients. day, my it's exactly right. So, so it's actually like my duty and responsibility to right. um, take care and manage those things. Now, I'm wondering for you, is that something that like, is that something that like you always did, or is that something that you had to learn to do? It's something that I certainly had to learn, and it part of it was learning with you because it wasn't intuitive. So it, it is something you have to learn. It is something you have to commit to. And it's something you have to commit to every single day. You started me off a long time ago. Um, every week, my husband take out, my husband and I take out a certain amount of money and that's what we have to spend for the week, period. That's just it. That's just the deal. Yep. And if we go over that, we have to have a conversation that we call that a capital expenditure. And we have to have a conversation about that. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have a Zoom. It's like a, like those Fortune uh, 300 meetings that you have. It's like, hey, we had a capital expenditure. What's the deal here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And I appreciate your honesty and authenticity with regards to that being something that, um, you know, had to learn 
because I'm aware that uh, there's three stages to building wealth. One is like earning it, which you're prolific at. You're like one of the best in the world at. Two is keeping it, which is a very big challenge for a lot of people. And then three is multiplying it, right? Which is like kind of investing it. And a lot of people want to jump to that third step. But it's like, dude, we got to keep it first. We got to have money. It has and to stay in your account it. before it gets zipped out. Yeah. And now more than ever, particularly based on, you know, this experience, I, my hope is, is that agents will recognize that it is their duty and responsibility um, to have that financial kind of fortress set up. Right. Because I think, you know, Warren Buffett said that um, a bad economy doesn't cause businesses to go out of business, but it does expose weak ones, which I think is very, very true. Right. So I guess for you this afternoon, like this morning, my husband and I were walking on the ocean front um, and the lender that I use a good bit uh, who lives far away from us, I happened to be walking on the, the ocean front also. And so, you know, we walked in front of you, we walked past each other and we're like, Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, we started talking and, and uh, she was taught, she and her husband are interested in, in buying a house in the outer banks. And they were saying how, they're super excited for the, all these things to be going on right now because they know that people, I mean, she's a lender. So she, she gets to check people's credit all the time. And she said, you know, I know one of the things that's going to happen is that, you know, in the next six months to a year, there's going to be some good deals in the outer banks. And I thought to myself and I thought, it, you know, people that are, that have homes and, and that's a primary source of income for them where they're doing Airbnb and they're, and they're, they're, hoping for folks to, to take vacation. We just don't know what's going to happen with that. And, you know, six months to a year down the road, she's probably right. And it, it, while it had occurred to me, it wasn't a conversation that I had out loud before. Yeah. And what I think is very interesting about that is that um, for the operators who had kind of hedge, right. Who wasn't like the only way it made financial sense to own that home was under predicated upon Airbnb right. doing its thing and who have the reserves to be able to kind of withstand six months or so of, you know, dramatically reduced income, then that will create an issue. And right. uh, then they, you know, more likely than not, will have to put their home on the market and sell it. So that's a perfect example of, you know, kind of an economic environment that slows down that doesn't necessarily kind of put businesses out of business, but it does expose weak ones. Right. And there's certain foundations and pillars in any business, whether it's selling real estate or doing Airbnb that, um, you know, are foundational and eventually, you know, uh, nature will discipline you. So if I am not disciplining myself, then nature will discipline me eventually. So I guess my question to you is, is like, what would you say kind of in closing, like, what would you say are the three most important principles for you that have been kind of a guide on this journey to go from kind of, you know, working at a Fortune 300 company, getting involved in real estate, and now, you know, selling hundreds of homes a year and making a ton of money. What are the three kind of principles that you feel if people followed them, they would have a high degree of probability of producing a similar outcome? Um, so every day, whether it's today or whether it was three months ago or whether it's three months in the future, 
I have to talk to a certain number of people. That's just a requirement. I, I have to do that. And whatever my message is, it may change every day, but that's number one. Um, and number two, I have to come from a place of, um, of giving and not, a, you know, I, I have to be the person that, that gives and not somebody that takes. I, I think that's really important too. Um, if you're not a giver and you're only a taker, you're only going to affect, you're only going to affect so many people. People that give affect a, a huge number of people. People that take affect only a, a handful of people. So I have to be a giver um, or a helper, whatever that is. And, and finally, the, the third thing is, um, you know, and especially right now, um, it's my job to help people, period. You know, whether I help them sell their house, whether I help them talk about what's going to be the next step, whether I help them, whatever the help aspect is, I, I have to be a helper because if I'm not a helper, it, you know, what, what value do I add in, into somebody's life? I love that. So I wrote those three things down. One is, is, which is a principle and it's very true in my experience too, is that a day not spent prospecting is a day you're not in business. So I just have to speak to a certain amount of people per day. The amount of people is predicated upon what your goals are, but that's not optional. I'm, I'm aware that a lot of people imagine that it is optional. <laughs> it's, it's just not. not. Yeah. It's like, kind of like, what is a water, what does a plant need to grow? It needs like sunshine and water. Like neither one of those are optional. And exactly. Then, and this is one of those things. The other thing I wrote down, which is really cool, is contribution. And I love that you said that because I'm aware, you know, when you had initially reached out uh, to me, a, a kind of working in a coaching capacity, you asked me a really interesting question. Uh, and I remember distinctly where I was. I was on a highway and back from a, like driving back from a listing appointment. And uh, you said to me something, you were like, you know, Aaron, I'm wondering, like, why do you kind of coach people or mentor people? And I said, and I said, well, what do you mean? You said, well, I'm imagining, because I know you sell a whole bunch of real estate, like that's much more profitable. And I said to you, I was like, well, you know, Anna, that's operating under the assumption that the only reason to do something is because it's super profitable or the most profitable thing to do. And at the time, you know, I was aware that that was like kind of interesting for you and made you kind of switch that thinking. And then I shared with you that like, you know, by pouring into other people or having a meaningful quantitative impact in their life, that um, that is something that you can't purchase with money. <laughs> that is something that like, if I was to disappear off planet earth, you know, based on our time spent together, there's a piece of me that stays here, right? Because, you know, uh, of our interaction. So I love that that's that second thing that you wrote down or, or, or shared. And then the third thing is um, that it's your job. And, and being that it's your job to serve people, you mentioned kind of circling back how important communication is. So then therefore, it is my job and duty to become masterful at that skill, right? That's also not optional. <laughs> and be a serious student, like, you know, read, you see all the books behind me, like just reading about psychology, about selling, uh, you know, um, role playing, practicing, videotaping yourself, like all of these are really in the service of others. Because as I become better at what I do, I can help more people. As I grow more, I can give more. So those are some awesome tips for people. Uh, I know they're going to get a ton of value. So again, I just want to say thank you kindly for taking the time. I know that your time is super valuable. You have tons of stuff going on. And uh, it's a privilege and a pleasure to uh, work with you in that capacity. 
and uh, you're awesome. So thank you kindly. I appreciate it. I feel the same about you. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Stay safe. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.